How many glad to be in church on a Sunday? It's a great time to be in church on a... So many great things. I thought it's only, only right to start off this message with talking about the things that you would never hear a mama say. There are certain things that a mama would never say and uh, I thought to, to honor mothers on Mother's Day, it would be only right for us to talk about the things. We know what mamas will say, but there are some things that mama would never say. And I wanna, I wanna help show you a couple of those things that mama would never say. First off, how on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? <laughs> never gonna hear that said, never gonna hear that one said. Let me show you another one. Well, if Timmy's mom says it's okay, then good enough for me. She ain't saying that one either. Let me, let's do this other one. How about this one? Of course you can sit on your brother. Of course. Let, let's try this one. This one, let me smell that shirt. Oh yeah, it's good for another week. All right. Not gonna hear mama say that one. She's probably not saying that one. All right, let's try another one here. Go ahead and keep that stray dog, honey. I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. Anybody? All right. How about this one right here? Of course you can have some more candy at 9 p.m. You can never have enough sugar. Never mind. How many know? That's not what mama says, but it is what grandma say. Anybody got a grandma in here? Do I got a grandma in the house right now? It's like, bluebell at 10? Of course, it's milk. That's what my grandmother used to do all the time. My son would pass by in front of me with a bluebell. I'm like, who said you could have that? Grandma said I could have that. And I'm like, well, I got trumped. Okay, then if she said it, <laughs> she said it. Let's try another one. How about one of these? I think I got too much sleep last night. I feel so rested. <laughs> said no mother. Let's try another one. Watch this. Your whining and temper tantrum has changed my mind. We'll do it your way. That one, that one work? All right, how about, how about this one right here? Please barge in and tell me what your sister did to you while I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> last one, last one, I quit. How many are grateful no mama has ever said this in here? We're so grateful for no mama. Hey, now listen, some of them have said, I wanna quit. <laughs> But, but have not quit, and I'm so grateful for every mom in here, and thank you for not quitting. Thank you for sticking it out. Thank you for being faithful in the hard times. Thank you for uh, all the, the love, the care, the nurture that you have given, and, uh, and as Lindsay said, we know that this day can also come with, with grief and heaviness for those that may have lost their mothers this year or have lost grandmothers or, or children, and uh, we know the, the pain that that comes, but uh, we just want to honor you. We just want you to know we love you, we see you, and we thank you. Come on, can everybody say that? Say that, say that. We love you, we see you, we thank you. And I, I encourage you, if your mom's not here, just to send that to her today and let her know. Because how many know, in the backtrack, the soundtrack of every mama's mind, they don't think they're enough, they don't think they're good enough, they don't think they've done enough. And for us, just to encourage them today is such a great thing. Today, we are in a part four or five, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I think we're in five now. We're in part five of a series called Fight Club and uh, nothing like on Mother's Day, talking about fighting. That's your world, you know all about it. And so we're gonna talk uh, 
Specifically, though, today, uh, over the past couple of, of weeks, we've talked about uh, how the enemy fights us. We've talked about his lies. We've talked about the battle of the mind. We've talked about depression. Last week, we talked about worry. And I felt like we need to change it up a little bit. And we're going to start talking about how do we fight for our family. So round five today, we're going to fight for your family. And today, I have a very, very special guest today. Uh, when I got here to church, she requested that she gets the opportunity to ring the bell today. So Kavery, come on up here, Kavery. Y'all give it up for Kavery as she comes up. So Kavery sat right here on the front row and made a request if she could ring the bell. So I'm giving this to you. Kavery, how old are you? Are you four? Yes, okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, Kavery, are you, are you ready for round five? Are you ready to go here? All right, here we go, round five. Yes, go! <laughs> I love it, I love it. All right, if you got some notes, I want you to take some notes with me. If you have our, our OSC app, you can, uh, you can find these notes as well on there. I'm gonna give you three thoughts just real quick, very quick, right out the gate, talking about family. And uh, first one is this, God cares about your family. How many know God cares about your family? He cares about family. He's the one who created family. He's the one that orchestrated family. He's the one that calls us into family. Notice that when we call God, when, when, when Jesus said, hey, here's the Lord's prayer, the very first thing that he says is, our master who art in heaven. Doesn't say that right. Our Lord who art in heaven. Our ruler who art in heaven. No, he says, our our Father who art in heaven. So I just need you to know right out the gate, God cares about your family. You go, well, my family is just crazy. God still cares about your family. And if you know anything, Jesus came from a little bit of craziness as well. So God cares about your family. Second thing I want you to know is, I know you care about your family. And the reason I know you care about your family is because the prayer requests that we get in every January and every August when we do 21 days of prayer, one of the top requested needs for prayer is about family. You care about it, you think about it, you wake up thinking about it. Many of us, um, our, our pain has come from this, but some of our greatest joys have, have to, has come from family. You care about family so, so very much. When you're on your deathbed, I was having a conversation with a guy recently and, and I was just telling him, I said, you know, we make so much of our life about pursuit of things and, and money and jobs and success and accolades and awards and notoriety and you know, wanting to have all these things that maybe we never had growing up. But when you get on your deathbed, you don't talk about your things and you don't talk about your money and you don't talk about your house or your boats, you talk about your family. You talk about your kids, you talk about your marriage, whether it's talking about it in a way of celebratory or talking about it in a way of regret. That's what you talk about because that's what matters and that's what matters, matters to you. My, my, my kids only care about really our family. Last weekend, we celebrated some incredible baptisms. We had Freedom Weekend. It was absolutely amazing for those that were here. It was awesome. Hey, but guess what? When I went home, my kids didn't care about freedom. They just didn't. They didn't care about the baptisms. You know what they care about? They care about that dad is home. And by the way, they don't call me PJ and they don't call me Pastor Josh. Uh, they call me Master Josh. No, I'm joking. So I'm kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I need this message that I'm about to preach on. So uh, 
So my kids call me dad, because that's, that's really all they care about. Uh, they don't care about accolades, they don't care about anything else, they, they, just, they just care about their dad. Because for them, family is what matters as well. So God cares about your family, and I know you deeply care about your family, but you need to know this in this Fight Club series, the devil does not care about your family. And he is, he is on a full-on assault to take you out, to take your marriage out, to take your family out, to take your kids out. You'll notice that. And, and all this week, just this week, I have met with people in our church that are walking through abuse, that are walking through affairs, that are walking through hardships, that are walking through medical issues with their family members. That was this week alone. So I know that the enemy, that the devil is totally after your family as much as he can. So I wanna share Nehemiah chapter four, verse 14. This is going to be kind of our, our theme verse for this message specifically today. And I want you to help me with these red letters. This is what it says. Do not be afraid of them. Everybody help me here. Remember who? Remember the Lord, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Come on, how many believe our God is great, he's awesome, he's amazing? Watch this, watch this. So here we go, because our God is great and awesome, Fight for your families. So that's the title of today's message, fight for your families. But he also says, look, you need to fight for your sons, you need to fight for your daughters, you need to fight for your wives, and you need to fight for your homes, all right? So this is what God is calling us to do. Fight for our families, fight for our sons and our daughters and our marriages and our homes. So that's what we're going to do today. How do we fight for our families? How do we fight for our homes? June 1st, 2009 was a very, very, Weird day. Air France flight 447 was flying out of Rio de Janeiro to Paris. Flight went great. I'm gonna show you a picture of it. This is a picture of a, a takeoff of an Air France um, plane 447. Um, had 228 passengers, 216 passengers, 12 flight attendants and, and staff on there, so 228 total. And uh, I don't know if any of you remember this story, but it took off from Rio de Janeiro, everything was good, it's in the middle of, of the ocean, and literally blips off the radar. Like, like lost, like gone, like, like no mayday, no, we're going down. No, like just completely off of the radar. And it wasn't until almost three hours later that they even reported it in. And then of course began to do this crazy search to find this, this plane. It never landed in Paris. It uh, eventually, they found out, crashed into the middle of, of the ocean. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because I think um, and Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy and my wife and uh, our pastors can recognize what this is like because, because as leading a church, this same thing happens to families. It'll be all of a sudden, it'll be a Sunday and I'll be like, where's the Smiths? Where's, where, where, where have they been? Just blip, no, no mayday, no, we're in trouble, no, just like, bloop, gone. And, and when I was younger, I used to always think I did something. Now, probably when I was younger, I probably did do something. <laughs> Thank you to all those who were here when I was younger. You got to be my test dummies for you so I could pastor you well. Um, but now I've come to realize, actually, over the last probably year and a half, now coming out of COVID, it has a lot less to do with me and us as a church and has a lot more to do with them. Watch this. And so, so flight 447... 
it wasn't until two years later that they did a deep ocean dive and they found the flight recorder. This is a picture of it. Two years later. Like, not, not two days, two years later. And of course, they, everybody wants this. This is, this is and it's not, it's not a black box, by the way, like they say, it's, it's red. But everybody wants to, to get this because on this flight recorder began to show some things that they had never seen because they didn't get a, a, a mayday. They didn't get, we need help. They didn't get, we're going down. They didn't get any of that. But yet when they began to go over the flight recorder, they began to see things that were happening inside of that plane that nobody else knew about. And so today that's kind of the direction of what I want to go is what is it that we begin to discover in our homes in our marriages, in our families, if we were to pull up the flight recorder of our homes. Because we may come to church and it all look good, but inside we may be saying, mayday, mayday, mayday. Okay, so, so today, I'm just gonna just tell you where I'm going with today. My, my, my passion today is to help you fight for your family, specifically those in here who feel like throwing in the towel. Those who feel like throwing in the towel in their marriage, their kids, whatever it may be, that today, hopefully, you'll, you'll get back up and, and fight again. And what would, it, what would it look like if we did it? So today, I, I wanna preach on one topic, and that's kind of rare for me, because I usually like to do a whole gamut of, of things, but I wanna preach on one thing today that I believe is the sole destroyer. If you were to go and get the flight record of our, of our homes, our marriages, our families, there is one major cause on why it destroys our homes. And this, if anything, is the one thing we need to fight against when it comes to having healthy homes. And I want us to go to Philippians chapter two. If you, if you have your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter two. If not, we're gonna put it on the screen here and I wanna show you, you'll see where I'm going in just a minute. Philippians chapter two, we're gonna look at verses three through eight. And it says this, watch this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. All right, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, Y'all didn't, y'all wanted to say selfish ambition. Nobody wanted to say in humility. Okay, let's try this one. In, in humility, watch this, watch this, watch this. Value others above, above yourself. Value others above yourself. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Well, what's humility? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Oh, poor pity me. Humility is thinking of yourself less. And I would propose that one of the number one reasons why there are divorces and major conflict in homes and even sibling rivalry is because we do not walk in this. We do not value others above, above ourselves. How many know family is hard? Family's tough. Family's messy. Family's annoying. Family... I'm just like going more and more. Okay, there's con- watch this, watch this. Conflict is inevitable. Drama's optional. But how many know some people, they don't just want conflict, they want drama. And so some of you are like, yeah, don't look at them, okay? Just keep looking forward, okay? But there is no place, watch this, there's no place that you and I get to practice humility more than in our homes. 
No other place you get to practice this more than at, than at home. And so he says, hey, listen, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Look what the rest of this verse says. Not looking to your, to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And, and you go, well, how does this apply to family and home and marriages? Verse five, in your relationships with one another. And I mean, no, the, the, our culture preaches the exact opposite of this. Everything in our culture promotes the opposite of what I'm talking about. Culture says it's all about me. Every commercial you watch, it's all about me, making my life better. I mean, self-centeredness comes naturally. Like, your children were not born into this world and the first thing that they said out of their mouth was, mama, what do you want? I mean, they came into this world going, mine, 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 mine. Did you have to train them how to do that? Did anybody have to teach them how to do that? No, you didn't have to. Did you have to show them how to punch somebody to keep your stuff? And you didn't have to train any of that. They're really good at it. Why? Because self-centeredness is, is at the core of, of who we are in our, selfless, in our selfish nature. All of us want to put ourselves at the center of our world. My needs, my wants, my desires, my rights, my opinions, my views, my career, my kids. And I'll prove this to you. We're all self-centered. When there is a, a, a group photo and it comes up, someone, you find out somebody tags you on Facebook, all right? And you go to click it. Who's the first person you're looking for? Yourself. Is this not true? You're looking for yourself. And then ladies in here, you know, if you don't look good, the photo ain't good. You texting your friend, take that photo down right now. Everybody else looks fly. You, you, you're like, you know, you're kind of like one of those. You're like, take it down. Why? Because we, we care about self. Doesn't matter what everybody else looks like. We, we, we care about what we look like. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you, there, there is no better way for you to realize how selfish you are than to have children. I mean, no, you, man, you are a humble person when it's just you and your wife. Man, like, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? Then you have kids, and they're like, how can you serve us? How can you serve us? You, you, you want to get in a fight? Put kids in the back seat of your car on a road trip and don't do any DVDs or tablets. Oh, y'all were like, oh my God. We can't even imagine that. Back in the day, that's what they had to do. You got a crayon and a book. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, listen, this generation is spoiled, all right? How many of you even remember those days? My parents had a station wagon. The seat faced the rear. That was the most awkward thing ever. I'm sitting there at a stoplight. People are just like, huh. There was no fighting going on though. I mean, cause you're like best behavior. Cause like people are watching you from the back. Your mama's watching you from the, you know, it's like just crazy. All right, so, so we understand this idea of not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others in your relationships with one another. But I love this because Philippians two doesn't stay here. It, it then begins to give us a model, an example of how do you do this? And of course the greatest example that ever lived, the greatest parent that ever was, was Jesus. He said, well, Jesus wasn't a parent. He had 12 disciples. He was a parent. And most of them were all teenagers. So craziness. So it continues. Watch this. 
So now we're gonna get the example of Christ. So Christ gives us this example. Having the same what? Oh, look, there's our word. Having the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How do we, how do we walk in humility? How do we not walk in self-centeredness and pride? Well, we've got to have the same mind that Christ had. Well, what kind of mind did Christ have? Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his what? To his own advantage. So even though he was God, even though he should be treated as God, the Bible says that he stripped himself of that, not so that he could be served, but so that he could serve. Which by the way, that is an incredible lesson for any person that wants to go in leadership. If you wanna go in leadership, it's not so you can be the exception, it's so you can be the example. It's not so I don't have to do more stuff, it's I get to show them how it's really meant to be done. If you wanna honor people in your work as Christ honored them, this is how we've gotta do it. He, he, he could have been that, but, he, but he, he emptied himself, another version says. We'll get to that. For not his own advantage, and, and the next, next verse says this, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, of a servant being made in human likeness. And watch this. And being found in appearance as a man, he... All right, we're gonna to come to this one. We're gonna, we're gonna end with this one too. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Okay, so let's get right into this. Today's message not be long. I know it's Mother's Day. You wanna go honor your mom and love on her, so I'm gonna keep it short, but we're gonna get right to the point. How do you fight for your family? Based off of Philippians 2, how does God call us to fight for our family? Number one, you gotta be empty. Now let me, let me share what I mean by that. You've gotta be empty, you've gotta be empty. All of us can grow in our understanding of how to be a better parent, how to be a better father, how to be a better mother, how to be a better spouse, how to be a better, better brother. All of us can grow and get better. All of us can grow, not all of us will grow. All of us in here have the capability of being better at what we're doing, but not all of us will. Because some of us are not empty, we're full. Pride full. And pride full can't learn anything because you're full of self. And when you're full of self, you can never be full of him. So you've gotta to learn to be empty of yourself. Philippians 2, six through seven in the ESV translation says this, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he what? He emptied himself, he emptied himself. Jesus could have been served, but, but he chose to serve. He didn't look for a title, he looked for a towel. And nothing destroys a family, a marriage, a house, a home, a church, a business, more than pride. Pride can destroy things in a moment. If you're prideful, watch this, here's what I know. You always have relationship problems. If you are a proud person, you always have relationship problems. I know that because it's all about you. And when it's all about you, nobody wanna be with you. True? Amen. Anybody had a phone call and someone called and like, hey, hey, what's going on? And like, and then they go there, okay, thanks. And they, they hang up. 
And, the, and then every time they call it, and they hang up and you don't get to say anything. And so by the time this happens like six or seven times, you sit, start seeing their, their face on that, on that screen because you got caller ID now. And you're thinking, do I have the energy? Anybody? I know y'all don't do that because y'all are all God-loving people. You get <laughs> super empathetic and you're like, yes, whatever you need, right? And you're like, oh, right? It's because they just suck and suck and suck and suck and, and they, they, they don't stop and give you opportunity to go, how are you? It's all about them. And, and, and so if you're wondering if you're prideful, watch this, just ask your family. You might not want to ask your family unless you want to know. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, but if you're proud, you're probably going to defend yourself, then it's going to get in a fight, and then you're going to be like, you're going to blame Pastor Josh, and maybe don't ask your family, but if, if you don't know if you're prideful, then you probably are. So my, my, <laughs> so when I, when I got, got married to, to Lindsay, um, one of the, one of the greatest gifts Lindsay gave me was her purity ring was my wedding ring. I know, huh? Come on, somebody. All right. <clears throat> she saved it all for me. All right. So um, now I would like to say that the ring that I'm currently wearing is a purity ring. I lost it in the Wiscachitta canoeing. Yeah, that was a different awe. Okay. Um, so, so I got a new ring. And, but I made sure that when I got this ring that I currently have, if you ever look at it closely, it's got the word me, and then it's got a lesser than side, and then it has you on the other side. If anybody knows math, lesser than, greater than. So it's a reminder to me for two things. One, scripture says less of me and more of you, John 3, But then also that if I'm going to live that out, not only in my relationship with God, I want to live that out in my marriage. Less of me and more of her. If I want to live this out in my family, less of me, more of my family. Y'all see what I'm saying? It's less of me, empty me, so I can have more of him and more thing. And, and so I wrote this down, if you wanna just take a note of this. In Christ, I can give up all that I have because in Christ, I have all that I need. So I can empty myself because he gives me everything that I need. So I don't, I'm not looking to a person to give me validation. I'm not looking to someone to have to give me affirmation and acceptance and, because all that I have is in him, it cannot be about me now because everything I have in him. But if everything that you have is not found in him, you will be looking for everybody else to give you what they can't give you. And then you'll get mad at them when they don't give you what you want. So we gotta be empty, number two. Everybody say be empty. Number two, we gotta be mindful. So this scripture says that we need to have the mind of Christ. That's, I wanna read Ephesians 4. Watch, watch what Ephesians 4 talks about when it talks about the mind. It says, the, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because, watch this, because they have, they've closed their minds and because they've closed their minds, watch what happens. Closed mind equals a hardened heart against God. Now watch, so this is what we do. So, Throw off, okay? 
throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. So, so before Christ, our minds were blinded. We were blinded to things, self-centeredness, what I want, what I need, my views. And he says, listen, when you're outside of Christ, this is you, this is, this is who you are, it's all about you. You are the center of your world. But, but, but when you come to Christ, you have to, you have to throw those things off you have to get rid of those things. You have to be mindful of what you're thinking about. And, and, and watch this, all of us grew up in different types of homes. How many of you grew up with both of your parents married? Both parents married, raise, raise your hand, all, great, awesome. Okay, how many of you grew up with divorced parents? Raise, raise your hand, okay, all right. How many of you grew up with a, just a single parent? Any, any people just with a, with a single parent? Okay, all right, now watch this. All of us grew in different types of homes, but all of us grew with different types of parents that some were saved, some were not saved. Watch this, some were spewers and some were stewers. Some of your families, when they got mad, everybody in the neighborhood knew it. And then some of y'all, when your family got mad, nobody talked about it and we moved on and act like nothing was wrong. Y'all know those people? Okay, so, so both, both sides, and watch this, and based off of what type of family you came is probably how you handled it when you got married. So, so, so because that's your learned mindset, right? That's what you learned, that's what you were a part of, that's what you heard. Some, some of your families, they were fight, 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 fight. And then others of your families was flight, 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 flight. Run, run, leave, leave. Yet again, based off of how you, you were raised, how many of you, when you were raised, you were spanked? Like your, your parents spanked you, all right? All right, I got whoopings. I didn't even get spanked. I got whooped, okay? All right. And then there's some of you in here that maybe your parents are like, no, we're not gonna do that. You know, that's gonna hurt them. We're not, we're not gonna do that, whatever. But yet again, based off of how that you were raised, probably informs a little bit of what you do today. So, so this is what Paul's saying. If you wanna walk in humility, you're gonna to have to make sure to throw off some of that mindset. Some of that mindset that is not of God, some of that mindset that is self-centered, some of that mindset that, that doesn't put him first, you're gonna to to, you're gonna to have to throw some of those things off. Maybe some of you, your mom would get passive aggressive. You know, so she would take jabs. Maybe your dad was aggressive and he took real jabs. Maybe uh, some of your parents didn't listen to you. Maybe some of them, they, they were really good. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody's got bad parents. Some of you had incredible parents, and that's great for that. How many remember back in the, um, in the 80s and really in the 90s, in the beginning, I used to have a boom box. Got any boom box people up in here? All right, and in that boom box was a cassette tape. Now, if you were born anytime after 2000, you probably have no clue what that is. But a cassette tape, you would put it in, you would wind it with a pencil. Okay, everyone, so, come on, that's what I'm talking about. You know what? This is the, the type of thing where you would do it. And, 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 and you would make what we would call a mixtape. Okay, there was no Spotify. There was no playlist. You had a mixtape. And if there was a girl that you wanted to like, mm-hmm, you wanted to just like, you wanted to win her over, you made your own mixtape for her. And you would sit by the radio and you would wait for that song, that jam to come on. And you just, you're just waiting, you're just waiting. And when it comes, you're like, play record, record. And you, you just record and you're like, shh. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And then you just do that. 
It was like a 24 hour long mixtape of, of just labor that you had to put into this thing. So when you gave that over, it was like, man, it was like, it was like $1,000 worth of time right here. Okay, so the worst though, and then how many remember VHSs? Okay, like big, like ain't no DVD, ain't streaming nothing. You pop it in, you know, you gotta rewind it before you turn it back to Blockbuster, okay? So, and, and Lindsay and I still have some VHS tapes. And the worst is, whether it was cassette or VH, and you had something you absolutely loved on it. And then you went to watch it. And then you found out that somebody recorded their stupid TV show over your wedding. Now that's, that didn't happen to us, okay? I'm just, <laughs> that didn't happen to us, but it has happened to some people. You know, like the birth of their first child and then here comes on Snoopy. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, just record it, race over it. Watch this. The reason I bring all that up is because this is what got, listen, many of us have a, a mixtape or a, a, a VHS tape of our mindset that we've been given from the family that we were raised in and the ways that we came up and God wants to erase the mixtape with his stuff on it. He wants to put his things on the mixtape. He wants to put what he wants on it. So when you go and you watch it, you're watching something that really actually brings joy in life and not pain and suffering. God can erase and replace the tape. So we've got to have this mindset. Watch how he does this, verse 23, verse 23. This is how he, he, he replaces that tape. Instead, so we need to throw off these things, but instead, let me show you how you're gonna do this. You're gonna let the, the Spirit renew. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will renew, it's Romans 12, that we are renewed by, by our mind, by thinking, the transformation of our mind. Where Spirit will renew your Thoughts, there we go, there's the change. And your, and your attitudes, and, and, and now we're not throwing off, we are, we're putting on our new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This is what God does. Your humility is connected to how you think. Every situation you go through in your family is, is looking through a, a certain bias, and you've gotta bring that to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit will begin to renew that. He'll begin to show you new ways on how to fight for your family how to discipline your children in a ways that honors God, but yet doesn't push them away. He'll show you how to, how to speak to your spouse in a way that doesn't make them feel rejected, but draws them in. And this is what the Spirit does. He changes us from the inside out. So we've gotta be empty and we've gotta be mindful. Last one, number three. We've gotta be humble. You wanna fight for your family? Can't just be empty and mindful. You gotta be humble. First Peter 5, five through six says this. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Okay, so anybody in here wants to know if it's talking about you? It is. All of us need to clothe ourselves with humility, humility toward, one toward one another. Humility. If pride is one of the greatest agents that brings confusion and destruction to our families and our homes, then humility has to also be one of the greatest ingredients that brings hope and peace and reconciliation in our homes. My boys, more so when they were younger, now we're getting into teenage years, so it's definitely not as cool, but when my boys were younger, they loved costumes, dressing up, Batman, Superman, Thor, 
you name it. Um, and, and, and when they would put that, that, that costume on, it was like they just changed. They thought they could fly, figured out real quick they couldn't. Thought they were all powerful, all strong. It's because they're they just putting on something, something new. And this is what scripture is kind of giving us, because he talks about clothes. Let, let us clothe ourselves. What does it mean to clothe ourselves in humility? It means this. It means we are to think and act like Jesus. We are to clothe ourselves. We are to think like him, love like him, act like him. You got some marital strife going on right now? Clothe yourselves in humility. You got sibling rivalry going on? Clothe yourselves in humility. You got some drama in your family? Clothe yourselves in humility. And watch, and he gives us how we go about doing that, how we clothe ourselves. Lindsay and I didn't even talk about this, so thank you for preaching my message, babe. For God opposes, can we show that next verse? Opposes the proud, proud but gives grace, grace to, the, to the humble. Watch this, all right? Big idea here, and we're wrapping up. Humility attracts help. Humility attracts help. Everything in our culture says this. You don't need help. You've got this. You're all good. Nothing's really going on. Make everybody think everything's fine. You can get yourself out of this. You're strong enough. You're good enough. And doggone it, people like you. <laughs> Come on, old school SNL. So... All right, so, so we have this mindset of like, yeah, I don't need people. I don't need any people in my life. I don't, I don't need anything. I don't, and that's everything that, you know, you can do this. But if you're single and dating, can I just encourage you? Invite help. Yes. Invite help. Because here's what's gonna happen, watch. You're gonna get married and it's gonna get crazy and you're gonna come to me anyways. You're gonna come sit down with one of us and go, oh my God, I'm married crazy. And I could have told you that before you got married. <laughs> we have had, laugh, we have had probably at least five that I know of marriages that have been called off because they got pre-counseling before they got married and found out, nope. And I tell you right now, those people will pay me big dollars in thank you and gratitude. <laughs> but they were humble enough to go, let's get some help before. Let's get some help, let's get some help before. If, if you're married, invite help, invite help. Husbands will say things like, well, I, you know, I show my love by making money and providing. How I many you know, she don't really care about the money, she cares about you. It don't matter if you buy her everything, if you don't have you, it don't matter. It just doesn't matter. And, and, and you know, it, it, takes, it takes humility to have marriage. It takes a humility to, to put someone else's desires above yourself. So just invite, invite help. Humility attracts help. Pride resists help, but also gets resisted by God. I don't know about anybody here that wants a stiff arm from God. But our pride gets us the stiff arm. But, but people are, think if I admit that I need help, then I'll be rejected. This scripture says, if I admit that I need help, I'll be welcomed. There is grace that is there. There is grace that is there. Parents, 
The, word's gonna, the world will tell you that if you discipline your children, you're gonna hurt their self-esteem. <laughs> you know what is more harmful to their self-esteem? is for you to make them the center of their world and then they grow up and they get into a place that they're not the center of their world and they don't wanna do anything because it's not about them. That hurts them more. So to remind them they are not the center of the world. I'm sorry, not everybody gets trophies. Not everybody wins. I'm sorry. Your boss is like, oh, you didn't want to come in? Oh, okay, that's fine. Stay home for good. But if we raise children that we cater to their preferences and their wants, how many know we are not helping their self-esteem? We are hurting them. So we invite, we invite, we invite help. We invite help. How many of you had the, the parent that when they would go to spank you, they'd say things like, this is gonna hurt you more than it hurts me. He, liar, that is a liar. <laughs> let, me, let me end here, watch this. So, so verse six ends with this, and we're done. So God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, everybody help me here. So verse four says to clothe ourselves with humility. And now verse six tells us to humble ourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he will exalt you. He will exalt you. So God has given you two options. Ready? Here's your two options. You can humble yourself or you can be humbled. You get the option, you get the choice, you get to determine how this goes. You get to, it's all on you. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Because watch this, humiliation, humiliation, when our sin embarrasses us, is involuntary humility. You didn't volunteer for it, but you got it. But because we chose not to humble ourselves and say, yeah, we're in a rough place. Yeah, I don't know if I can make it. Yeah, I don't know where we're at. Because we didn't choose to humble ourselves, then we come to the other place where we get humbled by our decisions. And therefore, it becomes humiliation because you didn't want anybody to know about it. But when you were hurting, you didn't tell anybody, so now everybody knows. And one of the greatest ways God's, in God's grace is sometimes he can expose it publicly so you finally can get help because your pride won't allow you to get help in the private. But if you'll get help in the private, how I many know God can cover that? There is grace, there is help, there is, there's God, everything that God needs for you is in that moment. And, and so, so here's the big idea. Only humility can get you out of what pride got you into. So if pride got you into a place where you are in your marriage, humility is the only thing that's gonna get you out. If pride got you into the place that you are with your issues, humility is gonna be the thing that gets you out. When I clothe myself in humility, what would it look like if our families would clothe ourselves in humility and think of others more than we just think of ourselves, that we would put other people ahead of ourselves. And that's what I love about Mother's Day because moms, you do this amazing for the most part. Not perfect, of course, but you do this. You wake up every morning and you don't usually think about you. You think about all the things that need to get done for the kids and for the family and for your job and for all those other things. And, and we honor you for that. 
Continue to walk in that way. And men, I pray that we would recognize those things, that we would come alongside those things, come alongside our wives, and help lift burdens, be a blessing, put others ahead of ourselves, put than we do ourselves. If you wanna fight for your family, the first key ingredient is to walk in humility. How many know when we walk in humility, things can begin to get restored that we couldn't do on our own when we were trying to fight for it? God can come in and heal. Father, we love you. And God, we just thank you right now for your, your word. We thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for your mercy. God, I pray right now for those that are in this room that pride has got them into some situations. Pride maybe has gotten them to the place where they have repeated over and over again, I'll never be like my father, only to come to the place where they're exactly like their father. God, pride may be in the place where they say, I don't, I don't need help, I've got this, but truth be told, if they got this, then things would be better than they are right now. And I pray if there's some, some lies that the enemy has, has, has planted into their hearts that, that they would be mindful of that. May, may our hearts not be hardened because our mind has been closed off. But today, on this Mother's Day, we ask, Spirit of God, would you just open up our hearts and open up our minds to your truth? It is your truth that sets us free. So God, I pray, Lord, just for an encouragement to those that are in this place that, that if we can walk in humility, that the Spirit would renew our thoughts and our attitudes. Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Come have your way. But even beyond this, God, you're welcome tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God, we wake up and we, we put on humility. And we thank you that Jesus loved us so much that he clothed himself in humility to the point of going to a cross to pay for sins he didn't commit, to show his love for the people he loved the most. So today, God, I pray, Lord, that we would repent and turn from our ways that have put division in our families, that have created conflict and drama. There's those that are in this room that maybe need to go say, I'm sorry, to go repent. I pray that you would give them the courage to go and make things right. Give them the humility to go and make things right. God, I, I thank you, Lord, for your word. If you're here in this place and you go, man, this, this word is for me right now. I, I know that is. I wanna, I wanna pray for you specifically. You go, I know I need to be walking in humility, I haven't been lately. If that's you, would you just shoot your hands up all across this room? If you're online right now, you're in the foyer right now, if that's you, come on, there's hands going up all over the place. I just wanna pray, I wanna pray over you right now. Father, I just pray for those right now. Just keep your hands up, that's all right. Ain't nothing shameful of that. Come on, this is, this is a part of the humility. We, we acknowledge this, we acknowledge this. Father, right now, I, I pray, Lord, for, for every hand that's raised right now that is just recognized, I, I've been walking in pride. I pray, Lord, that you would clothe them in humility. Spirit of God, would you come and renew them? Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your strength. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your grace, that you meet us with grace in these moments. So God, I pray, Lord, for just an empowerment for them to walk in this and walk this out that you've called them to. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless them and help them, Lord, to begin to reconcile these things.
Now, if you're a, a mama in here, grandmother, spiritual mama, I want you to stand and I want us to end today's service praying a blessing over you. So all mamas, grandmas, come on, let's give it up for everyone. If you're online, if that's you. All right, if you're, if you're by a mama, would you just stretch your hands towards one right now? And if you're there, if your husband or our family is there, you can grab their hand and let's just pray a blessing over these mamas today. Father, we just thank you for every mother that is here in this room. We thank you, Lord, for the gift that they are to this world. We thank you for the gift that they are to us. God, we just pray your blessings on them. I rebuke every lie of the enemy right now that they are not enough, that, that they've done too much. That Lord, every lie that is not of you, that it has to leave in Jesus' name. I thank you that they are loved. I thank you that, that they, they are approved of you. I thank you that they have strength, they have dignity. I thank you that their words speak life and wisdom. God, I thank you, Lord, for the, the gifts that they are to their children. And God, I pray that they would just feel the blessings and the pleasure of God, not only today, but God, as they walk out. Thank you for who they are and what they bring to our church, what they bring to their families, what they bring to this community. God, that they, they, are, they are impactors and world changers. And God, I just pray that you would bless them in all that they do, all that they put their hands to today. May they be encouraged in that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Come on, one more time. Give it up for all of our moms.